One of the things that I see as a problem for many investors is they can't seem to separate the concept of buying at a good price from a quality company. When you have a market that is going down, when you have interest rates rising and inflation going up and many other headwinds in the market, it is very easy for you to lose money, even though you think you're going to make money. Welcome to the Market Call Show, where we discuss what's happening in the markets and the impact on your investments. Tune in every Thursday on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Market Call Show. This is Louis Giannis. I am the founder of WealthNet Investments. Today, we have an interesting topic, and I'm really excited about diving in, so let's get going. about how you can buy the very best companies in the marketplace. I'm talking about the highest quality companies, Microsoft, Apple, Intel, those great companies that you think about that have the best fundamentals in the marketplace and how you could absolutely unequivocally lose money in them. You see, one of the things that I see as a problem for many investors is they can't seem to separate the concept of buying at a good price from a quality company. When you have a market that is going down, when you have interest rates rising and inflation going up and many other headwinds in the market, it is very easy for you to lose money, even though you think you're gonna make money. Let me explain a little bit. I wanna use Starbucks as an example. Starbucks is one of those companies that everybody loves. I remember when Starbucks first came out, Everybody thought, hey, Starbucks was, you know, who's going to pay that much money for a cup of coffee? But today, everybody pays a lot for a cup of coffee, and we smile when we do it. In fact, I pick up my daughter from school, and she says, Dad, let's go to Starbucks. I want to get whatever it is that she gets. It's some foo-foo name that I always forget. And I happily take her there because it puts a smile on her face, and it's that experience of Starbucks. And it's a consistent cash flow generator. They have a really strong balance sheet and they have strong returns on capital. But there's a basic problem right now. Even though the stock has come off a ton, it's still very expensive. It's expensive relative to its earnings. We like to look at the earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation and amortization or EBITDA. We look at a lot of different metrics like price to sales. We look at a discounted cash flow analysis. When we buy a business, when we buy a stock, we're buying a piece of ownership, an ownership of this company. And we all know this. We've heard this a million times. But somehow, when I'm talking to people, I'm talking to investors on the phone, there's still this belief that somehow if I buy a great company, I'm always going to make money. And the truth of the matter is that is not the case. I was looking at Microsoft. Microsoft, for example, over the years, Microsoft has changed their business model. I remember before the dot-com bubble, they used to have very wild gyrations in their revenue. Although they were growing really, really fast, they did not have a subscription model yet. And we saw strong growth, but there was very lumpy. You see, if you look at the trailing 12-month revenue, you could see that it goes up and then down and then up and then down. And then magically, when they switched over to a subscription model and they added other business lines, we saw this smoothing out of the revenue growth numbers to average about 14% in the most recent 12-month trailing numbers where we were looking at, or we have been looking at 20% revenue growth. 
with EBITDA though, at 40 times, when you pay a price that is 45 times the profits, it's very difficult for you to have a solid rate of return going forward. Is it possible that you have a great return going forward? Absolutely, it's possible. But the odds are against you. So why do people hold on to stocks that they shouldn't? Why do people fall in love with companies? I'll tell you why. We have this emotional attachment based on what's happened to us in the past. I remember one time I was talking to a client. Her father had passed away and he worked for Ford. And for the longest time, she wanted to hold on to Ford. She inherited the stock. And Ford's stock proceeded to go down, 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 down. It doesn't make sense to do that. It doesn't make sense to hold on to something based on the past. What matters is that you invest your capital based on what's expected in the future. Although we don't know the future with full certainty, we can use probabilities to help us make smart decisions and diversification. I've been seeing some mistakes going on that have cost people dearly lately. And one of the biggest mistakes I'm seeing is people holding on to a company that they get a bunch of stock. So I've been talking over the last 12 months or even last 18 months to various clients that have concentration in stocks with very detailed analysis telling them why they should exit the stock or at least reduce it. The CFO is selling stock. It's trading at very nosebleed valuations that make no sense. The growth rates are slowing down. They're still not making profits. The list goes on and on. There's lots of different reasons. And some of these companies are great companies with great profits, but they're just so far ahead of themselves that it didn't make any sense to hold on to them. Well, some of these people now are seeing really big losses. I'm talking 50, 60, 70% losses in the value of their stock, even though they had a concentration in their stock, a very large percentage of their net worth. This mistake happens at market peaks. I've seen this happen before. And I think there's people that still need to sell stock that they have. They're gonna wait too long and then the stock's gonna go down. You can have a wonderful company. And that's my message for you today. You can have a wonderful company with all the fundamentals and you could absolutely unequivocally lose money with that company because it's just too pricey. So what is an investor to do right now? Right now, what we're seeing is rising inflation. We saw a print of inflation of 8.5% on the CPI. We saw prints and the uh, PPI, the producer price index, which leads the consumer price index normally because it is a measure of manufacturing goods or intermediate goods before they come to market. We saw those at 11%. We saw that price increase at 11% in the last print. So inflation is here, and inflation is not one single event. It's not one single cause. It doesn't make sense to listen to politicians who will tell you they'll try to blame inflation on a leader of a country, or they'll try to blame inflation on supply problems, or they'll blame it on COVID. All these single things they try to blame it on but a big factor that is always glossed over is what's called printing of money, monetizing the deficit, deficit spending at 12% of gross domestic product, which is unsustainable that we haven't seen since 1944. And it is one of those things where the interest just keeps building and building. The Fed turns around and just prints money when we deficit spend. This is not sustainable. Eventually, that money hits the system. I saw... Some Federal Reserve officials, Treasury officials on CNBC. 
I swear it looked like deer in the headlights because their hands are tied because they know if they raise interest rates as much as they need to, to get inflation under control, it's going to throw us into a recession. That's what I think could happen. Could I be wrong? Absolutely. I could be wrong, but based on the probabilities that I'm looking at pretty high probability, either we're in a recession right now, or we could be headed into a recession really soon. What happens when you get into this kind of a scenario, when you have rising inflation, rising interest rates, the growth companies, can be, if they're so overpriced like they are right now, they can continue to go down. We've had a decline so far. That decline has been relatively moderate compared to what it can be if we go back to the normal valuation levels. If we just go back to the normal valuations, you need to be prepared for that. But here's the good news. The good news is, and we have a ton of dry powder right now in our portfolios. Dry powder means cash. What you want to do is you want to be prepared. Sometimes cash, although in the long run, cash doesn't give you a rate of return, virtually nil, you still want to have it for flexibility because when opportunities come, you want to be able to strike. You absolutely want to be able to strike. If you worry about your investments, need to make complex financial decisions, or pay unnecessary taxes, a lack of proper financial planning and investing may already be costing you a great deal. When you are ready to turn your peace of wealth into peace of mind, go to wealthnetinvest.com and click on the schedule a call button to talk to us and get a free consultation today. Now, what's beautiful about how we manage money is that we don't necessarily try to make huge predictions. What we try to do is look at the data and we try to follow what is happening. So when things change, we adapt to that. For example, today we had several, actually four different securities that we reduced are actually eliminated from the portfolio. We reduced a lot of bond exposures because bonds just are not looking attractive. When you have the fundamentals working in your favor, and when you have the supply and demand for those securities also working in your favor, that's when profits are usually led. You usually reap rewards and profits. But when you have one missing, and then not everything is together, it's less reliable. So you're going to hear people who are value type investors say, this stock is cheap, buy this stock. And they might be right two years from now, or three years from now, or even longer than that. But they may be wrong for the next two years. And it could go down another 10%, 20%, 30%, 50%. So this is kind of the cycle that you see. You only make money when the market recognizes your investment as being a solid value and the demand pushes the price up for your investment. Don't ever forget that. So you have to navigate the gap between the fundamentals, the value of the company and the market price. Because in the end, my friends, we only make money when the market price goes up for whatever it is, whether it be selling your home. And more and more people are likely to sell their homes. And if we continue to have interest rates and mortgage rates go up, what do you think that's going to do to the affordability for people to buy a lot of homes? I've noticed that even the real estate numbers are slowing down. But when I talk to my real estate friends, there's kind of like, that's not happening. I don't know. I don't see the reality in their faces about what potentially could be happening here. Now, I don't want to sound so negative here, okay? I just want to alert people to be aware Look around, be prepared. Don't be just sitting on your hands. Some people are like, ah, I'm just going to ride this out. And then they hold the indexes. Oh, that's fine. But let me just give you an example of why I don't believe in this. 
I did a real simple analysis today. I took the 11 sector funds that Vanguard has that track the different sectors in the US market. And what I did was I took those sectors and I just used our proprietary volatility scaler. And what that means is it basically looks at a forecast of the volatility of that sector or that security compared to the volatility of the overall market. And then you're able to actually adjust your position size for this volatility so that each one of these sectors gives you the same contribution, if you will, to performance. And you know, if you took that, I took over the last 15 years, if you just volatility weighted your portfolio, all those sectors stayed fully invested and volatility scaled, you got a better return risk ratio, you have better performance because there's certain things that you could do that are simple that could add more value than sitting on indexes. Because the problem with indexes, in my opinion, is that their market capitalization weighted, which means the bigger the company, the more of your money that you're going to have into it. Does that make sense when the largest companies in the United States or any market are severely overvalued? Absolutely not, in my opinion. So I prefer not to invest like that. Now, does that methodology always beat the market? Absolutely not. But does it give you a higher probability of having a smoother ride to reach your financial objectives? Yes, the data would indicate that that is the case. And our experience indicates that that's, that that's the case. I was looking at our balance portfolios year to date. Balance portfolio year to date have We've had lower volatility and we have not been experiencing as much of the big down that a lot of people are experiencing right now. So I highly recommend now is the time to not put your head in the sand about your portfolio, but to basically look at things and say, I need to look at what I own. I need to know what I own. And if you need a second opinion on that, just let us know. You can go to wealthnetinvest.com and you could click on the schedule a call button and we can give you a second opinion. We'll run what's called a risk analysis on it, where we could basically show you the different risks and expenses and potential opportunities you have in your investment portfolio and compare that to maybe where your risk profile should be. And then you could look at that and say, hey, do I need to make changes or hey, I'm doing really great. But what I'm saying is, is don't just sit there and just pretend nothing is happening around you and just say, doo, 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 let's just hold my portfolio. That's not the smart thing to do. Call your advisor up and tell them to take a look, make sure you're doing well. If you don't have an advisor you don't like, call us. We're advisors, right? We, we manage money for people. I get really passionate around these times because I know when you've been through this before, and it's never exactly the same, but when you've been through rough markets, you get excited because you know what? At the other end of this, it's like you could smell the opportunity because these high quality companies will eventually become amazing values. And some of those stocks that people are ignoring or those investments that people are ignoring are going to do well because money would be shifting and wealth is shifting during these periods of time. But the number one thing that we have to do is we have to beat the two biggest evils in the investment world. I was just talking to, uh, I did a bunch of teaching for high school students because I gave away 109 copies of my book, The Financial Freedom Blueprint, to these children. And I went and guest lectured at a high school 
to high school students who are about to graduate on financial literacy, talking about budgeting, when to save, paying yourself first, diversifying, investing in stocks, not doing things stupid and taking good care of your money as it comes in. Anyway, my point that I was trying to make there is that financial education is so important for us all, even a high school kid. But what really matters the most is that we actually look at what we're doing and we beat taxes and inflation. That was the message I gave those kids because that is what eats your money up. When you look at the long-term inflation rate, for example, it averaged about 3.8% according to Ibbotson. And right now we are way above that as we talked about before, around 8%. And when this type of a cycle happens where we're above average like we are right now, those cycles can last a long time. We saw a double spike in inflation in the 70s and then didn't end until 1980. So we had a decade of massive inflation. If you retire or if you're about to retire and we're just now beginning to get this inflation spike, because keep in mind, if you look at a very long-term chart, this is just now beginning. If it's anything like inflation in the past, it could be a lot more of this. Are you prepared for that? Are you investing in the way that makes money? And the good thing about this is that you can make money in those environments. If you go back, for example, in the 70s, there was lots of investments that went up during that time. There were special situations with companies that were growing with new products. It was basic materials stocks. It was the mining stocks. There was a lot of ways to make money during that time. And the question is, are you focusing in on buying a great company and maybe going to lose a lot of money? Or are you doing the things that you need to be doing right now to be in the right place? Anyway, that's all I have for you right now. I am so jazzed right now, even though things are, appear to be falling apart around us in some ways. But we have a lot of reason to be optimistic because the United States, with all its flaws, we still have such great foundations to build upon. We have such great people and we have entrepreneurial capitalism that can pull us into new highs, into new growth. So keep the faith, be a strong investor, save money as much as possible, keep saving, keep investing, and do the right thing. This is Lewis Giannis with Wealthnet Investments signing off for now. Talk to you later. For the latest episode of The Market Call Show, make sure to like, subscribe, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Go to marketcallshow.com for all our past episodes and sign up to get alerts for new episodes. If you enjoyed the content of this episode, please leave us a five-star review and comments. The information in this podcast is informational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision. WealthNet Investments is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where WealthNet Investments and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure.